Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Hi, I'm Gabriel Carrillo from the EdTech Bytes Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Just like the show you're listening to now, shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to episode 112 of the Google Teacher Podcast, your source for the latest Google for Education news, tips, tricks, and ideas you can use in class tomorrow. I'm Casey Bell from Shake Up Learning. And I'm Matt Miller from Ditch That Textbook. And in today's episode, we are talking all about remote learning with Google Meet. We've got so many educators that are using video calls as a part of their online and remote learning. And so we're going to talk about some of the features that are most useful, as well as some tips for you and your students and some ways that you can use it. Of course, we'll also have Google News and updates. We've got a couple of items in the mailbag to talk about and some blog posts to share. So, Casey, you ready to get started? Let's do this. Let's start talking about Google News and updates, y'all. Google has really stepped up their game in supporting educators. And I think we talked about this last time, but their response, particularly to the problems that educators were having with Google Hangouts. They are still working on that, and we've all got to be patient. They are there to help, but I have been really impressed with the response and how quickly they have been rolling out some updates. There are a few other things that they have posted in the last week that we find useful, so we wanted to be sure and share these with you. And some of these may also include some of the things that we shared in last week's episode, just in case you didn't catch it all. The first thing I want to share is from the keyword blog, and it is titled Helping Educators and Students Stay Connected. And this post really brings together a lot of the the things that Google is doing in one place. And they're trying to help across the globe with this emergency school closure Teachers and students now suddenly, you know, working and learning from home. What does this look like? And we're all just trying to figure it out, y'all. But what they have included in here is some new stuff, too. But I do want to mention Teach From Home, which to me is still kind of the highlight. And we shared this in last week's episode. But Teach From Home is the central hub of information, tips, training, and tools from Google for Education to help teachers keep teaching even when you're not in the classroom. And I have been really impressed with just how clean and simple they have kept this site straight to the point, free tutorials, free tips, lots of ideas in there. And of course, they have added a few additional resources in here. 
One thing I wanted to point out is that Google also announced as part of their $50 million $50 million Google.org COVID-19 response that they are giving $10 million in distance learning uh, funding to support organizations around the globe. So thank you, Google, because I know a lot of schools are going to need this. And we are not all lucky enough to have the devices to be able to teach from home and use things like Google Hangouts Meet and things like that. But hopefully with this support, we'll be able to get some connectivity and some devices to some of those areas that need those. But this article includes lots of free resources. They're bringing together blog posts and webinars and all kinds of things that Google for Education is doing. So you definitely want to check this out. Yeah, definitely. This is such a comprehensive resource and it's something that they continue to update pretty much every single day. So definitely check that out. If you are a teacher who is trying to create some home learning situations, or if you are a parent who has listless children at home, <laughs> like I kind of do, um, and are trying to find some some meaningful things for them to do, uh, there is a really great page that has been created called Learn at Home. And you can find that learnathome.withyoutube.com. And this is just basically a great big curation of YouTube channels that are grouped by age levels. So these are all different learning channels that, you know, give kids something meaningful to to do and watch. So they're grouped into channels for families with kids 13 and older channels for families with kids five and older, and then channels for families with preschoolers. So as you start to look through in the 13 and older, you know, you've got some things like Bozeman Science, there's Crash Course by John Green, um, you've got Duolingo, you've got just a wide variety of things available for them. And if you go to the kids five and up, you know, you've got some fun things like <laughs> there's this one called Amoeba Sisters, there's Crash Course Kids, there's Goldie Blocks, there's Nat Geo Kids. And so, and then if you go to the preschoolers one, you have, you know, all things Animal TV. You've got Arthur Reed, you've got um, Math Mania, Mother Goose Club, PBS Kids. So lots and lots of these YouTube channels. So if you're looking for something meaningful to watch with your kids, or if you're looking to provide some options to your students, a lot of these videos and a lot of these channels would be really, really good. I love that they're just pulling together things in a easy place for teachers to find these. You know, this stuff's out there and everybody is searching and desperate for information at this point. So yeah, just having these put together in one place, which is what I think all these sites and channels are doing for us is so greatly appreciated. The other article that I want to talk about from the keyword blog is called Connecting People with COVID-19 Information and Resources. Well, guess who's searching right now <laughs> about this virus? The whole world, right? Google knows what we search for. They're showing some Google trends, which is pretty interesting to look at and how people are searching for it across the globe. They are expanding the entire search experience to provide easy access to authoritative information and health authorities alongside new data and visualizations are all being embedded into that. I've been noticing that too popping up just when I'm in Google search, whether you're searching for COVID-19 or not, 
there are little icons and little buttons and things that are popping up with important information and reminders. So that is is being pushed out and they're adding more resources every day. The other thing I found particularly interesting in this article was the link to google.com slash COVID-19. And that is their information and resource site. So there's a lot here, but it's very clean. It's easy to read. And they're apparently launching this in several different languages as well. So even if you can't get it right now in your native language or the languages that maybe your students are speaking and parents need this information or whoever you need to communicate with, they've got health information, safety and prevention tips, data and insights, resources to help and how they're supporting relief efforts. And then, of course, links to the blog. But they've got this kind of curated and a very clean website so you can see videos. You can also see like common search uh, criteria, phrases, things that people are searching for, remote jobs, what's the news, what is shelter in place, those types of things. And then, of course, if you've ever visited Google Trends before, some of this will look familiar, but showing the search trends across a map and seeing what countries are searching more, it's very interesting to see this, especially during this historical moment to see how things are evolving. And then tons of resources, resources to help you if you're working from home, coping with anxiety. Y'all, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel like everybody's on edge right now. So we could all use a little a little meditation and a little prayer right now to keep us focused. And of course, some additional resources. And I'm sure they're continually adding and updating this resource as well. Yep, absolutely. And it's really nice to have just a centralized spot where you can go and find everything all in one place. So that's that's really good. We wanted to share an update to Google Translate. Um, so, you know, having the ability to put things into multiple languages is always really helpful, especially with remote learning happening to be able to, you know, offer instructions in different languages or, or whatever is, is definitely nice. And Translate now has a new feature, and this has rolled out onto the Translate app on Android. So if you have an Android phone or an Android device, then this is something that should be rolling out if it hasn't already. And basically what it does is it will let you transcribe a whole bunch of speech into text that you can go back and scroll through and and watch it as it translates on the screen. In the Translate app on Android, um, this is something that, you know, once you're, once you're done transcribing, uh, you can go back through the original transcript. You can change your text size, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's, that's something that if it hasn't rolled out, uh, it should be rolling out soon. I just downloaded the Translate app onto my Android phone and I didn't see the transcribe feature yet. But I did see that it has the conversation feature, which has been around for a little while, which is pretty cool, where you can use your device to translate something into another language, and then it'll say it out loud. And then someone can say it in another language, and it'll translate it back into your language. That's all really are really helpful, too. So um, this is yet another one of those features that's available. Um, and if you haven't gotten it yet and you're looking for it, hopefully it should be rolling out pretty soon. 
Yeah, you had a hard hard thing there. We had what translate, transcribe, and transcript. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a lot. That's not your fault, Matt. That's hard. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. great. And of course, I, I, if anybody's stuck at home right now, binging on 90 Day Fiance, then they're going to see the real life oh, here version we go again. that people translate. <laughs> yeah, we all need a little a little uh, escape here during this moment. Um That is still a great resource. Translate is always fantastic. And I know you love it so much, Matt. I'm going to give a quick shout out to Google Educator Groups. If you're not part of a GEG, there's a link in our show notes at Google Teacher Podcast slash 112. And you can find information to connect with other Google using educators in your area. So if you're feeling very alone and isolated right now and looking for an outlet that's maybe a little bit closer to home, then you may want to check that out during this time. And of course, links to everything that we've shared so far are in our show notes at googleteacherpodcast.com slash 112. So for our featured content today, we're going to be talking about Google Meet. So a lot of educators really all around the world are using Google Meet and its video chat capabilities to be able to meet with their students um, and to do a wide variety of things with those those video calls. Um, if you're familiar with Google Hangouts, you know, Hangouts is something that Google has used for a long time for the same thing. Um, but Hangouts is going to be sunsetted or, you know, removed eventually. So I think Google is really putting a lot of its eggs into the Google the Google Meet basket. And so that's really what we're going to be talking about. But what did I do? No, sorry. Every time we now talk about meat, I remember uh-huh. you remember the meat episode, the M-E-A-T, and then you just said meat basket. So sorry. I just got really distracted <laughs> meat picturing and, a basket. And I was doing eggs too. Meat. It's like it's like bacon and eggs, right? Google meat and (laughs) eggs in one basket. Uh, Can I just say I don't like the new naming and I'm going to struggle with it forever because we've had hangouts and even Mm -hmm. like just I just typed (laughs) G-H-O for so long. And now, you know, and Mm -hmm. they are still coming sort of calling them hangouts meet. But now everybody's shifting to just using the word meet. And I think I don't know, that word just sounds so funny by itself. Like it needs context or I think of roast beef. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah, okay. exactly. It's Continue. Like, that's I'm where sorry. You can find I disrupted. Your... <laughs> no, no, that's fine. No, that's totally fine. Because I'll bet if you're listening to this, I bet some of you are probably thinking that same thing. Like, are we talking about pork chops and hamburgers? So, um, no, but uh, what what's nice is during all of this remote learning that's happening, uh, Google has made a lot of those um, – G Suite enterprise features available for Google Hangouts Meet. Uh, for instance, you you were only able to record videos and you were only able to live stream if you had enterprise. And by enterprise, hear the word paid and premium because those are not the things that schools could get for free. Uh, but through the beginning of July, those features are available. So being able to take your video calls, your Google Meet video calls, and record them, um, that's something that we weren't able to do. And being able to live stream, I know you can live stream by creating a calendar uh, event. And then for the video conferencing, you can choose a live stream, which is more of a one-way, lots of people watching as you as you talk 
type of feature. And so if you don't have those features and you're using G Suite for education, uh, you might mention it to your Google admin to see if you can get those features turned on. Uh, usually all you've got to do is just enable those in the admin panel. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's lots and lots of uh, possibilities when it comes to using these video calls in Google Hangouts Meet. <laughs> I still hear it. It's so funny to me. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about something else that's coming up a lot right now. So I was asked a million different ways and a million different times about is Google Hangouts for those that are 13 and are younger than 13? You know, we've got the laws about certain um, apps that we use that kind of hit that. Oh, it's okay for 13 and older, but younger can't use it. So Hangouts used to be in that umbrella. And actually, I had to double check because it has been ingrained in my brain for so long to say that. But here's here's the official word from Google. And I confirmed this with a Googler that um, Hangouts Meet is part of what they call core services. So when you dig into the terms of service for G Suite for Education, Core services can be enabled for any K-12 student. That being said, there is a lot that can go along with that that we have to consider at the district and state level, following other guidelines that may be in place like FERPA. Um, So what, you know, I've seen a lot of teachers posting pictures of the Hangouts that they're doing with their students. Well, you have to make sure you have permission to do that. So a lot of schools are still saying no, period, to being able to connect in this way because of different things like that. And I totally get it. We, we got to protect our kids. But I also know we are grasping at straws trying to make this work. So I just thought it was important to address that question because it has come up so much. So officially, under terms of service, any core service, which there are a lot of apps under G Suite for Education that fall under core services, can be enabled for K-12. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there aren't other things in place that might override that. So just keep that in mind. I do feel like this is a district level decision or even a campus level, but um, definitely need to be aware of what's going on as we continue to do this and try to protect our students. Yeah, I think that's a a good thing to bring up. And I'm thinking for me as an agent, and again, you know, this is just Casey and I doing our own, you know, reading and interpreting and doing our best to talk about it on a podcast. So, you know, we're not the the legal last word on any of this and um but I, I i think from an educator perspective if i'm a teacher in a classroom or i guess a teacher at home now um trying to figure this out i'm gonna go does my district and campus say that i can use this and if they do then i'm gonna be as careful with it as i can so you know you know some some of those basic things like um you know, having one-on-one video chats with students, I would totally avoid um, having parents present whenever possible. You know, there's there's a variety of things that we can do to just to just to be smart about using all of this. Um, now, when it comes to using these uh, video chats, if this is something that if this is something that you want to do, you know, there's a variety of ways that this can be used. And I think out in the world. People would think that teachers would use video chats like this to teach. 
like to do direct instruction. And of course you can certainly use it for that if you want to. Although I know, you know, if, if I'm, if I'm doing something like this, I'm going to keep that instruction to a minimum because having to sit through, you know, we've probably all done this before, had to sit through a big long webinar with lots of dense information. And we're like, Oh, I can't believe this isn't over yet, but it could go so much farther than that. I recently published on uh, my Ditch That Textbook blog, I published an article about using Google Meet in the classroom. And really, it's about using video calls in general. It, it also has this infographic about different ways that you can use video calls for remote learning. So I want to share a couple of those with you. You know, one of them is, that's, that's super important is class check-ins too, is that if you can get you know, all of your students or some of your students on a video call and just be able to check in on them. Let them hear their classmates' voices and see their faces and just see how they are. You know, that's uh, the isolation is is such a tough part. And I know for some of us, we're thinking about how can we continue teaching, but I think we also have to think about how can we provide for the social needs that students usually get by being in person in a school. And so, Giving them an opportunity to see each other is super important. I know for in, in my own house, my sixth grade daughter was on a video call with her team, with her grade level team. So, you know, the English, social studies, science and math teachers, and then a whole bunch of the students checked in too. And that was so big for her. She's a little social butterfly anyway. So she loves to see her friends and talk to her friends and her classmates, even the ones she doesn't talk to very much. And so having those class check-ins has been super, super huge for her. You know, she, she really, that, that was really, really important. So that's, that's one way anyway, that I think that we can, that we can use uh, Google meet with our students. And I totally agree with that. And that confirms what I have heard from other teachers who've been doing this for a while, uh, particularly the teacher that I've mentioned several times, Jennifer Pearson, who was teaching at an international school in China and now has been teaching her students remotely for several weeks. How important just those good morning check-ins can be the social and emotional needs that our students are having right now and our teachers. So even if you don't have permission, maybe to do a, a hangout meet with them, just recording those videos can be so, so important. Uh, thank you, Matt. And Matt's resources were so great. I was complimenting him on all of the things that he'd created recently. I was like, we have to talk about this. There's so many things and these infographics are so useful and now hearing that they've been translated uh, by other people and by Matt, even into other languages. So look forward to to being able to access those. And Matt's like, don't tell everybody. But yeah, I, we were already discussing that. And I know that's the sign of a great resource when everybody wants it. So these are fantastic. I also wanted to mention a couple of other free resources that Google has out there that have been particularly useful right now. And if you haven't explored First Days, Google has a series that they just call First Days of Google Hangouts Meet or First Days of Google Classroom. And they have these all set up to get people started with these apps. So I'm linking to the free Hangouts Meet tutorials in our show notes for you, as well as the Google Support Center. Support.google.com is your best friend. If you're using Google right now and you run into any issues, nine times out of 10, that's where I go to find a quick answer to this. And they are really good about keeping that up to date with things like the update rollout that we got 
more recently to address some of these issues. And I've even seen, I was looking for them, I haven't found it yet, but I know there have also been some bandwidth issues that have been discussed and just tips for, you know, turning things down a notch so that we're not all trying to connect at high definition across everywhere while the Matt and I are even, I think, testing the limits of our own internet <laughs> as we connect today. Yeah. Things are moving a little bit slower. So uh, just feeling that and having these resources at our fingertips, but but just being able to find these resources for you or if you are someone who's helping other teachers do this, because I know we have a lot of tech coaches here, just being able to get to those tutorials to get teachers on board is really, really handy. So that's at your fingertips, as well as all of these amazing meeting ideas and video calls that Matt has and has shared on his blog. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. And to, to kind of follow along with that, let me throw a couple of other ideas in there. Um, if you want to use uh, video calls, whether it be Google Meet or um, Zoom, or you know, if you're using Microsoft Teams or whatever, you know, any, any of those, uh, video call platforms. Um, here are a couple of other things that you can potentially do if you wanted to. One is to do a virtual field trip. Uh, so if you use something like Google Earth or Google Maps Street View as the teacher, you can share your screen with that on the screen and you can take students around and show them a, a location. Um, that almost feels like a virtual field trip. So that can be pretty cool. Um, let me throw in the idea of escape rooms. Um, more and more educators are creating and using digital escape rooms, you know, where you have a document or a site or something where um, you have a whole bunch of clues and you have a task to complete and you might have locks. I know there's digital versions of um, breakout EDU, you know, the breakout boxes and setting one of those up and giving students the opportunity to access that escape room and then saying go and giving them maybe, you know, 20 minutes to break out or escape. Um, you know, having them working on their own devices, but having it going while a video call is going can be pretty cool because that gives them that same feeling of everybody's working on it together. Let's see who can, who can break out first. That could be pretty cool. And then one other thing that I wanted to share too, that could be a lot of fun is that you can still play some of those review games that you used to play face to face over a video call. So imagine if you want to play a Kahoot game or a Gimkit game or a quizzes game, you know, all of these are your sort of formative assessment game show style review games. If you as the teacher pull that game up on your device and then share your screen with the join information, then the students on the call are going to be able to join that Kahoot game or that quizzes game or whatever, and then be able to play it by watching the join screen on your screen. And then once you start the game, then they're watching it through, they're watching it on that and then, you know, responding. So there, there's lots of options when it comes to all of that. Uh, so just, just by being in different locations, it doesn't mean you have to necessarily disqualify a lot of the things that you used to do in the classroom. And you know, Matt, I have seen some really creative things over the last week, both mm -hmm. via video calls, but also sometimes we use that recording when students can't all be online at once to share maybe what happened. And have you seen the spirit days that have been happening no. this week? No. Yeah. So I have seen some virtual spirit days happening. So, you know, 
the spirit days we've always had at school, you know, pajama day, school colors day, whatever it is, and red ribbon week and all of those things. But I thought that was particularly great just to give kids a little extra, you know, while they're at home, while they're connecting, something else to engage them and to talk about and to keep things light and positive. So I did see some shares online of, you know, pajama day, of course, keeping pajamas appropriate (laughs) for those of you who may teach some of the older kids too. We know where that can go. But at the same time, I feel like this is a fun way to interact that again, we're still doing that. Some are having like a, um, pet introduction day where everybody who has a pet at home can introduce their pet. That to me is almost like a little field trip, you know, visiting someone's home and talking about that. And of course, that's not every student. We know that. And we know some of you are listening and really are not getting to do these things yet. But just take everything that you can with a grain of salt, make it work for you. We've got so many resources in our show notes today to help you engage students through video calls while they're at home, as well as some of those tips to just help you have a successful video call with students or if you're meeting with adults as well. You know, there's so much going on right now. And I feel like even those who've been using technology for a while are suddenly forced to use it in a different way. And that's it's a good learning experience for all of us. I wish it wasn't happening under these circumstances, but let's, you know, make the most of it and stay positive. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So if you want to check out any of those resources that we've shared, there's a ton of stuff on our show notes, including some infographics from that post that I did, uh, lots of links to different things that, that Casey and I have talked about. You can find that on the show notes at googleteacherpodcast.com slash 112. There's a letter in your mailbox. Hey, you know what? This is all your mail. Hey, maybe I'll give you a call sometime. You've got mail. Okay, Matt and I always virtually jump into the mailbag, so we're going to virtually do that again today. And I have a message here from Udelka Alvarado in New York City, wishing you all the best and with everything that's going on in New York right now. And I'm sorry, I don't know if this is a he or she, but he or she says, I want to give my students my notes on Google Slides to help them with remote learning. It isn't an assignment, so I get to don't get to choose permissions. So basically, I'm posting it as a class material, but Google Classroom is overriding and giving them editing and viewing permissions. And then I have to go back to every material on my Google Drive and remove the editing permission. Please help. (laughs) So I did just test this to make sure that I was sharing this correctly. There is, I mean, there's magic in Google Classroom and then there's annoying in Google Classroom. And this is one of those times when we wish we could kind of turn that feature off. And the idea behind it is so that we don't have to remember to share things all the time and that it automatically does. But what you can do is post that viewable link. So with your slides, everyone with the link can view or everyone in your domain with the link can view. Put that in the instructions of an insign uh, of an assignment or in the description of the material although with the material I think you still would have to attach something so I'm still thinking it may still have to go in as an assignment but if you put the link there it doesn't override it the other places I believe you can put links in class comments and it will not override it either so I think that's a little bit of a workaround that may 
help you be able to share that in a different way. Um, so just thinking of other places you could put that link instead of attaching it as a class material or attaching it to the assignment itself. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's a, and thankfully that's a that's a pretty easy workaround too. We've got another message. This one's from Bailey Sandsmark, who we've had a couple of messages from over the over the course of the podcast. She's from California. Bailey, go ahead and and shoot your question our way. Hey everybody, my name is Bailey. I'm in San Diego and I have a Google Sheets question. Our entire 6th grade team holds our own lunch detentions. And I'm working on creating a Google form for us all to keep track of the students so that they all go into Google Sheet and then we can better track um, our frequent flyers. And so what I want to do is to be able to look up easily or actually wanted to automatically populate student names that appear more than twice or more than three times. So I was trying to play with it in conditional formatting and I can't figure out um, without having to go in and me typing in the student's name that I'm looking for. So I wanted to automatically search for any, any, I guess if it was a number, it would be a student's number that appears frequently, but it's not a number, it's a name. So if anyone has any ideas on how I can do that, that would be amazing. Thank you. Okay, so it sounds like what Bailey's really trying to do, like she just said, is she's trying to find those names that appear three or more times in the sheet and then basically just flag them in some way. And Casey and I were kind of racking our brains and (laughs) caveat here, Sheets is probably our Achilles heel when it comes to Casey and I. Uh, I think she's she's got some some geekier things than I do on it, but um we we were trying to think of some some easy ways to do this and for me i think the easiest idea was just to take that column that has the names and then sort that column by name and see who your you know multiple people are that are that are showing up multiple times and then you can always undo that sort to put it back the way that it was you know that's my sort of simple easy inelegant way to do it but we wanted to throw it out to all of you so if you've heard what Bailey is looking to do, um, you know, to to flag these these kids who show up multiple times in the sheet. Um, do you have a script? Do you have an add-on? Do you have a a trick for using a conditional formatting that would work for her? We'd love to hear what you have. So uh, definitely go to Google Teacher Podcast and leave us a voice message. Um, or shoot us a you know an email or something, and we would love to hear your ideas for her so we can pass those along. So we've got just a couple of blog posts to share with you, and we will wrap this episode up. So um, I mentioned earlier about this this post that I added to Ditch That Textbook recently called How to Use Google Meet for Online Learning and E-Learning. And if you haven't checked out this post yet, there is a link, of course, in our show notes to it. And this post is kind of a step-by-step walkthrough of how to get a live video call going Um you know, how to, how to work through the different steps of it. It, um, pulls out all of the different features that you can use while you're in the meeting. Um, but it also gives tips and trip, tricks for using it effectively when you're using it for virtual meetings with, uh, other teachers. 
uh, when you're using it with students. There's a little infographic of what students can think of. And then we've also got this other graphic of nine different ways that you can use uh, video calls in your online learning. Um, so lots of different ideas that you can pull from. And then I also wanted to shout out a, a project that I'm doing with um, a friend of mine, fellow uh, blogger and speaker and author, Holly Clark. Um, and so, and Holly's a, you know, friend of the Google Teacher podcast. You've probably heard her, her voice on a previous episode, but she and I are teaming together to create this website called onlinelearningideas.com. And online learning ideas, basically what we wanted to do here was to pull together all of the resources that we could find that might be useful to an educator. Uh, related to online learning. So we've pulled together um, pages on uh, using video with students, on doing assessment digitally, um, on building up relationships with students and all of that. So our goal is to find or create new content and put it up there every day. So we're going to be updating this site on a very regular basis. We just wanted to create sort of a home base, like a friendly home that you could go back to where you could find some of the best stuff um, that we're sharing from lots of different people that are uh, creating. So if you haven't checked that out, onlinelearningideas.com. And of course, that's going to be fabulous. You and Holly both there contributing all of these ideas and working hard to help teachers get through this ordeal. I have a few other things to share. One thing that I hope will be available by the time this episode airs. So I'm still deep into it. I think I'm about 40 pages into a Google Classroom cheat sheet. I know I probably shouldn't be calling it a cheat sheet anymore, but uh, I am trying to work as fast as I can. I made one of these years and years ago and teachers are using the old one and it's it's really not a good idea. It's old. It doesn't it doesn't even apply. So I'm working as fast as I can, y'all to put this together, um, both for teachers and for students, at least for the older students who can read and understand uh, a cheat sheet like this to see where things are, how to operate. I know a lot of teachers are having to learn how to use Google Classroom for the first time or maybe just at a deeper level during this remote learning experience. I also had a ShakeUp Learning Show episode that recently released called 10 Google Docs Tips That Every Teacher Should Know. And I worked on this way before I knew what situation we were going to be in. But of course, as everyone is suddenly adapting and learning more Google tools at the moment, it is definitely appropriate to learn how to do some of those things. Some of those things are basic, like file, make a copy. Some teachers just don't know that. And I have an inbox full of requests that prove they don't know how to do that. So be sure that you share that with other teachers. I'm also putting together all of my related remote learning and home learning resources onto one page to make it easy to find. So all of those links will be in our show notes at googleteacherpodcast.com slash 112. Well, this episode has been crammed with all kinds of information that we hope is helping you in this moment during this time that is so hard. Please know that Matt and I are thinking and praying for all of you right now. Everything is in flux and uncertain, 
but we are here to help. And I know that both of us are working as hard and as fast as we can to create free resources to get you through this time. We see you. We know the work that you're you're doing. We know what you're enduring to help your students because we know that you know how much you you love and care for them. So um, we look forward to getting to see you, or at least talk to you, I guess, in this way through this podcast every single week. So. With that said, we will see you on the next episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast. Never miss an episode by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts and by visiting our website, googleteacherpodcast.com. Join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTPod. Until next time, keep harnessing that G-Suite power and may the Googles be with you. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.